Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Neil Howard, here on Health Professional Radio. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're going to be speaking with returning guest, Dr. Stephen Nathan. He's joining us once again from Innova Fairfax Hospital. He's joining us to talk about the recent FDA approval of Teveso inhalation solution for treatment of PHILD. Thank you so much for uh, returning, Dr. Stephen Nathan. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. For our listeners who aren't familiar with you when you were here before, give us a bit of your professional background and talk briefly about your role there at Innova Fairfax Hospital. Uh, I'm a pulmonologist and critical care physician, and I'm the medical director of the Advanced Lung Disease and Lung Transplant Program here at Innova Fairfax Hospital. And uh, in the context of the Advanced Lung Disease Program, we uh, have a big interstitial lung disease population, uh, many patients with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, and we also have a large pulmonary hypertension uh, program. And um, it just so happens that the two intersect when patients with interstitial lung disease also develop secondary pulmonary hypertension, or what we refer to as group 3 pulmonary hypertension. Interstitial lung disease, um, uh, P-H-I-L-D, pulmonary hypertension associated with interstitial lung disease. Explain to our listeners exactly what that condition is, what it entails, and um, when is treatment um, beneficial? So the interstitial lung diseases uh, encompass about 150 different causes of interstitial lung disease. and you can break them down into, you know, com- more common things like the idiopathic interstitial pneumonias, which IPF is a prototypical illness. You have uh, connective tissue disease related ILD or CTD ILD. You have other entities like chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis. Mm-hmm. And another um, big entity, about 10 to 15% of the patients are unclassifiable, meaning that despite our best efforts to come to a diagnosis, we are unable to say specifically what they have. Um, the various forms of interstitial lung disease are uh, manifest pathologically by varying amounts <clears throat> of inflammation and fibrosis. And it's the patients who develop fibrosis that tends to be irreversible that over time, especially as the fibrosis progresses, they have the propensity to develop complicating pulmonary hypertension. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the, the pulmonary hypertension that complicates or is associated with ILD is uh, quite complicated because not just the fibrosis itself that causes it. There are probably many other elements that contribute to the uh, pulmonary hypertension. But what is clear is no matter what form of interstitial lung disease you have, the prognosis is significantly worse once patients develop pulmonary hypertension. In fact, if you look at all the different causes of interstitial lung disease, they have varying prognoses, IPF being one of the worst. But once they develop pulmonary hypertension, they all tend to follow the same similar course in terms of their prognosis. So once patients uh, with ILD develop pH, it does appear that, that it's a pH that's driving the outcomes more than the primary underlying interstitial disease. We have a number. We've had a number of medications. Um, when I last counted, uh, 13 different ways we could treat group one PAH, but nothing approved for group three PA uh, for group three pulmonary hypertension. The only indication for a drug outside of group one has been for group four, which is chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, where there's one drug approved, and that's rear cigarette. Uh, physicians and clinicians, including myself, have been treating some of the patients off-label uh, for group three or PHILD, but without a solid basis for doing this and without um, off-label would be without appropriate FDA approval, mm-hmm. uh, primarily using the phosphodiesterase inhibitors like sildenafil. 
Um, but I think what has happened uh, is now based on the results of the increased study, which is in haltroprosinol in patients with PHILD, we have for the first time an approved therapy for group three pulmonary hypertension. So inhaltroprostanol is kind of a breakthrough medication in that it's the first one approved for another group um, beyond group one and now beyond group four. So it really is a game changer in terms of a paradigm shift in how we look at and how we manage our patients with interstitial lung disease. I think it kind of raises the bar for us to be more cognizant of complicating pulmonary hypertension, to be more on the lookout for that because Whereas previously there was not much we could do, now we have an approved therapy that, that we can offer these patients. How does Tavaso actually work within the patient to uh, relieve symptoms? What uh, Tavaso does is it's, um, it's a vasodilator. And one of the um, advantages of giving it via the inhaled route versus the systemic route, and as you probably aware and some of your listeners are aware, uh, the, um, the the compound is troprostanol. Troprostanol you can give intravenously, subcutaneously, orally, and via the inhaled route. Uh, the advantages of the inhaled route is that you get more local deposition with less in the way of systemic toxicity. And I think this is especially relevant in patients who have intrinsic lung disease in that the drug finds its way to the, the least diseased areas of the lungs and dilates the blood vessels in the least diseased areas of the lung. And so you're able to achieve concentrations uh, without um, too much in the way of systemic side effects. It really um, provides one with two shots on goal because, first of all, you can dilate the blood vessels and relieve any pulmonary hypertension. But there's also the theoretic concept that you can be improving ventilation perfusion matching because the drug is going to the best ventilated areas and increasing the uh, amount of blood flow to the best ventilated areas away from the more diseased areas. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't show that in the increased study, but it is a theoretic concept why the inhaled drug might be more attractive than uh, giving the drug or, uh, or any other drug for that matter via the systemic route. Although approval has been granted, uh, the study is ongoing, is it not? Uh, the study is just, uh, the patients are in long-term ex- uh, extension phase. So in that context, the fa- patients who continue on open-label therapy are still being monitored, and uh, we don't have any results from that as yet. But the, the main part of the study has closed and was reported out at the American Thoracic Society Law with the publication, as I mentioned, in the NEJM earlier this year in January. And the approval just happened uh, on April 1st by the FDA. So uh, obviously this, as you said, is going to be a game changer as far as uh, practitioners treating patients with uh, PHILD. Uh, Going forward, do you see any um, advancements to Tavesa? I know that there are... Tavesa currently is being given four times a day. I know that there are attempts to... Uh, make it more facile in terms of devices and delivery and maybe getting it down to twice a day. Um, but generally, the patients who are on it uh, manage it quite well. And this is a sick group of patients. The majority of them are on oxygen. So they're not running around, um, you know, going to the gym or anything like that. So the fact that they have to uh, do it four times a day isn't too much of a burden for them because, quite honestly, many of these patients are housebound and can't do much. So the hope is that the Tavesa will help them and improve their quality of life. Um, so I think that 
why this is also an important game changer is because the drugs we've had for interstitial lung disease, if you look at the antifibrotics, for example, um, they were studied in patients with mild to moderate disease. Now we're talking about a group of patients who have severe disease, and it's invariable that many of the patients will progress from mild to moderate to severe. So we have something else that we can offer the patients as their disease pro progresses. So I think it's not, it's not only of help to the patient, but it also, it also brings renewed hope that there are additional therapies we can offer them if and when they should advance in their disease course. Doctor, where can our listeners go online and get some more information about Teveso and about the approval that we've been talking about today? I believe that listeners can go to the website uh, com. Uh, the company that is the sponsor and is uh, produces Tyvesa is United Therapeutics. I believe there's information on United Therapeutics' website as well. Well, thank you once again for uh, coming back and sharing this information with us. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Likewise. Thank you for having me back. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Stephen Nathan of Inova Fairfax Hospital. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download it, SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com health professional radio.